welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I'm your host, Andre Pirano, with my main man, the new sniper of the of the crew, Ryan Rizuki. What's up, my man, Ryan? What is going on, man? How you doing? Feeling it, man. I'm loving what I just saw in the last week of basketball. Super excited. I know a lot of people, you know, um, they're liking what the Warriors are doing. Uh, some people are hating on them. For me, I'm not a huge Warriors fan, but I love the game of basketball. And for what I have saw in the last week with the Warriors is something tremendous. I'm just glad that I am able to be a part of history and see it firsthand. Um, for instance, Clay Thompson, obviously last night, he goes 14 from 24 from the three-point line. Um, I did read this. Now, I did not film break down it yet, but it says out of the 14 three-pointers that he made, he only took five dribbles. What do you think about that? One, I heard the same thing. And two, I'm trying to get that film break right now. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at everything, unfortunately, a lot of the film here that I've looked at only shows 12 of them. I I just found another one that has... A 13th one that I'm missing, and then I'm looking, which he does take a dribble on this one, and I'm looking for the 14th one if I can find it. Okay. I mean, the guy has 52 points in the game. Um, you know, he he only plays 27 minutes out of the, what is it, 40-minute 40, 40 game? 48 minutes. 48 minutes. He only plays 27. He hits 52 points. Um, how, how does he make it come so easy? You know, as you being a skills trainer, how, how is this so easy for him? Well, one, it's not fair because of the amount of gravity that the Warriors have. Okay. So in terms of gravity, you can't leave KD open. You can't leave Curry open. So there's less help side. So anytime that Curry sets a screen, anytime that KD sets a screen, anytime that Clay sets a screen, it's extremely hard to cover it just because of the gravity. So you can't help as much or cheat. So that in itself is opening up opportunities. And secondly, as I am actually watching a ton of this film, Zach Levine did a horrible, horrible job of fighting through different screens. And he was open. There was a bunch of miscommunication, so he was open on a lot of attempts. And like we said, he only did five people. So typically most of the things that we do is run around um, either off the screen, a ton of pin downs, which I can see. And then he had, just had a few miscommunications where two people went to one guy. And then I also see a couple of clips here where he was able to drive to the lane kick it, and then sprint back out to the people like And oh. a few transition as well. And, of course, transition threes are extremely hard to part. Right. What, ma- what makes him such a great shooter? And, um, well, him and also Curry. You know, they're great shooters. How do you become a great shooter? I mean, obviously, it has to do with the process and buying in to that journey. Um, can you elaborate on any of that? Yeah, so Clay and Curry are much different in the way that they shoot the ball. In fact, if you watch Clay, he's a lot stronger than Curry is in, in his upper body. And, I mean, you can tell just by the way that they transfer their momentum. So even in one of these clips, he came off a pin down. Uh, or not off a pin down, but he came off the screen, and his body was completely contorted away from the rim. There's actually a few clips here. And he's still able to turn around, square up in the air, and knock down the shot. Um, obviously, because he's got a strong upper body, he's got phenomenal form. His textbook, um, whereas Curry loads a little bit differently into his shot, um, so they don't have the same shot options available to um, as each other. But Clay's mechanics are flawless. Everything's straight to the rim. Um, you know, no issues with his shot. 
collectively. It's nothing at all that uh, that would force him to, to miss any shots. And then, you know, just like I always say, shoot with good form and do it every single day. Of course, not everybody will shoot with perfect form, but as close as you can get to it. Um, and the repeatable motion that you can continue to do over and over and over again um, will allow you to feel or allow you to get those early results. But you have to do it every single day. Okay. Now you say every single day. Now, obviously, there's um, people out there that attempt to do that every single day. And, of course, they're putting up what you would call bad shooting or bad technique or just overall just everything is bad. Even though they think they're doing – the right thing they're doing it bad maybe they're not even going game speed um how do you drill that into a kid whether it's through a message through this podcast or through ig or through any social media platform um whether you even see them in person how do you drill that into them to um lock in on this journey and be a lion like you know that everybody always has these sayings of oh yeah man i'm like i like a heart of a lion and this and that but, you know, lions are all about that process. They love the hunt. It's not all about the kill. They're, they're leading up to that kill, you know. So well, how, how do you, do, how do you uh, express that and, and, and teach that to a student? Well, I've started to use the same analogies with weightlifting as I do for shooting. So let's say, for instance, you walk into a gym. You're not going to just start shooting three-pointers. You're not going to just start lifting 500 pounds. You want to walk in, get your correct form, and repeat that same motion millions of times until you are able to add on another 10 pounds on the side of that barbell, until you can add on 15 pounds, 20 pounds, 30 pounds. So you have to earn the right to add weight to the barbell the same way that you have to earn the right to shoot from deeper. So this, the problem with a lot of youth basketball is these kids will walk into the gym and they'll just start shooting and shooting from anywhere and everywhere, and they have this misperception that they're a good shooter just by being able to hit a few shots from the outside because they only want to remember the good Whereas they should be coming in shooting hundreds and hundreds of form shooting. And if you can't make eight out of 10 from five feet away, you don't deserve or earn the right to step back. You don't earn the right to step back. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I hear that. It's kind of like that. Everybody always says practice makes perfect. But what I like to tell my boys in my program, practice makes permanent. It can. Yeah, it absolutely can. Um, you know, and, and the best thing that I've ever found is just a ton of form shooting. Um, really learning how to, how your body moves and it works and getting that fluidity and even different form shooting. Like sometimes I'll do form shooting without using my legs. Sometimes I'll do it with using my legs. Sometimes I'll doing it with a jump. And if you ever were to watch me or, or, you know, I guess play or curry or someone in the gym, just the shot, they're going to shoot hundreds of form shots, just like right next to the basket, even, you know, maybe 50, 60 of them before they even consider stepping out. Maybe they do it off one leg. Maybe they do it off two legs. Maybe they do it with some turnaround. It doesn't matter, but getting those close shots, getting a feel for it, because feeling is the highest level of learning. And then you start to move back. And then eventually, once you become good enough and you can hit 8 out of 10, you step back. Then finally, you earn the step back. Then you earn the three-pointer. And then you start to earn the turnaround fadeaway. Then you start to earn different shots. But you don't earn those until you can make a set shot. You don't earn the corner drift, corner lift, on the move, three-pointer coming off the screen until you can make it wide open first. So it's the same analogy. I mean, it's it's a long, long, long process, and not many people want to go through it. Right. So that's the long process of becoming a sniper. Yes, sir. <laughs> so two years ago, Steph Curry, uh, you know, had the record. He got 13 threes. And what I thought was really cool in everything that I read was how Steph was all about his boy breaking his record. He was like, 
go do it. Like, to me, that's like the ultimate family thing. You know, like these NBA players, I know they're making millions of dollars and they're getting paid and, you know, and they're all about their hype and all about them. But to see him take the back seat and was like, go ahead and break my record. I'm going to keep feeding you until you get it. Man, I thought that was amazing. How do you feel about that? No, I love it. Um, it's super cool. You know, amazing things happen when people don't really care who takes credibility for it. Um, and Clay Thompson, or, or sorry, Steph Curry, when, you, when they both looked at the box score, he said, yeah, yeah, go break it. And in fact, they had tried to get him a lot of attempts at the end of that game there. Um, that unfortunately, he didn't hit. Who knows why? Because of jitters or right. you know, shot, shot, uh, shot selection. But um, no, that's super cool. And it's unfortunate that he wasn't able to go out and finish the game and go hit 20 of them. But, um, you know, you don't want a Derrick Rose moment where someone stays in a game unnecessarily and ends up having a career-ending injury or something of the sort. So um, I understand Steve Kerr's mindset in that, but it's also unfortunate to take away from the fans that we would have all loved to see him hit, go out and hit 20 of them. Right. Even whether he hit 20 of them or whether he even um, – you and I were talking about it earlier. What if he went ahead and, and broke Kobe's record? Kobe's record, what do you mean? Uh, the oh, points. Oh, oh, talking about 81. 81. Yeah, no, same thing. I know that there's been multiple opportunities – for um, Warriors in, in you know, particular to break that record. And again, it's unfortunate, but, you know, when Kobe did it, that was a very, very, very close game. Right. Uh, you know, the entire game. So that's understandable. You know, he stayed on the floor. He continued to shoot over and over and over again, and I get that. But um, you don't want players to get hurt. No, you don't. It's just like uh, Kevin Durant on Friday. They're playing the New York Knicks. The dude scores 25 points in the fourth quarter which was insane. Um, for instance, uh, Curry racked up 51 points in three quarters against the Wizards. Yeah. Um, he was phenomenal from three-point also. Um, his range was crazy. Um, I I absolutely love the fact when he did that crazy floater from the free throw line that went up like sky high, even though it didn't count. Like, <laughs> they're just doing – I don't know what it is. Almost like it's God gifted, but it's not. Because I don't want to say anybody's ever God gifted because that's taking away from their process. And I know that they're working their tails off. I know they are. Um, like, w- what do you think, like, about these three guys? They're playing with an insane level of confidence and comfort- uh, comfortability where they're able to go out and play without any fear. And anytime that you can play with confidence and playing without fear that, hey, you know, my coach is going to me out you know i don't know if i'm you know if i'm good enough um and, and you're too too tense um the entire game that that in itself is uh, a blessing that most people and most teams don't you know have so that including their the amount of work that they put in to have these opportunities together is a reason why they're able to have that you know so-called like god-like abilities to go out every single night and not be afraid to make mistakes Right. Now, now, another great ability they have is it, like you said, um, is how they are able to slow the game down and not show those jitter moment um, emotions. Yeah. How, how does one player develop that? Um, so I would always say that confidence comes from preparation. And what I mean by that is that if you practice a move or you practice a certain thing or anything for that matter, um, you know, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times, when you do it in a game, you will be completely confident in that move, in that shot, in your abilities to complete that action. 
and you'll be confident in it. But if you don't prepare and you just come out, you won't be confident. You know, oftentimes people are like, oh, you know, I'm not confident in the games. I'm not confident in the games. I'm just like, well, how much have you prepared to do it in the game? You know, how you, you can't just be good at something. Okay. Now, another thing I have to ask you is, for instance, they're knocking down all these threes, whether it's Steph, whether it's uh, Clay, whether it's uh, KD. It's It's got to be also a conditioning standpoint as well and, and also strength. And they're also doing game-like situations where they're obviously um, moving a lot without the ball. And I've been teaching my boys in my program that a lot to how to move without the ball to get into a rhythm shot. How do you obviously stress that to your students? So we talk about it all the time, actually. In fact, you know, being a skills trainer, it's tough because a lot of times kids want to come and work on their ball handling or, you know, they're finishing around the rim, they're shooting their footwork. And, and then, trust me, I love doing all that stuff and I love teaching all that stuff. But at the end of the day, when you go to college, more likely than not, you're going to end up being a two-dribble guy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like a two-dribble max. Right. So, and, and, of course, there will be opportunities that present themselves for you to dribble more than two times. But typically you're going to be coming, you know, running a system, catch the ball, shoot it, run a system, catch the ball you know, dribble into the paint, knock down a floater mid-range or, um, you know, kick it back out and just continue to run and set a screen and keep moving. So um, it's important to have all those moves in your bag, but at the same time, like, if you can't continue to run and run and run on defense and then turn around and run on offense and go set two screens and pop out and catch it and pump it, you know, catch it, if you don't have the ability to do that throughout the entire day, one, you can't expect to play on, you know, along with everyone playing sustain that and two like both sides for that continue to shoot at a high rate once you're standing but then strong okay um now let's say you have a student that that is truly buying into what you're doing they can't come see you every day are there certain drills that you would teach them where they're actually coming off their own say a pin down whether maybe they they could throw the ball up in the air, where they're they're moving like they're drifting. Maybe they sprint to one end of the court, come down, um, you know, get into another another uh, spot on the floor where they can hit a, a mid range jumper, or where they're hitting a, a um, step back three. Do you teach stuff like that as well, and and let them know that that is some important stuff that they need to work on to stay conditioned to hit those shots? Yeah, absolutely, and and. You know, one of my least favorite things that I get asked all the time is what drills can I do for this or what drills can I do for that? And drills are just a made-up concept to practice a certain action or certain skill set. Right. So, no necessarily, like, specific drills to do anything. I mean, any you can call anything a drill. So, um, you know, with that in mind, if you want to practice your drift, just go practice your drift. Throw the ball. Go chase after it. Shoot a corner shot. You know, you want to practice your lift, throw the ball. Go chase it up to the wing. Catch it. Shoot your wing shot. But, you know, it's, it's a lot more difficult when you're by yourself because if you can't make shots, you know, then you're stuck running around for rebounds more often than you keep the ball. That's why I always say just stick around the rim, stay close, and you're able to make shots and you earn seven back and such. But um, as far as drills go, you know, you want to practice the catch and shoot. You want to practice your one dribble your off the catch, off the dribble. So if you don't have a passer, throw it to yourself off the backboard. Uh, you know, throw it to yourself, spin it, and it'll come back. Um, you know, different things that you can work on to kind of get into the shot. Maybe put it on the chair, run after it, get the weight and off the catch, you know, pump it to the shot. Um, any way that you can practice those actions. And then 
what you want to do when you're training is, is get the ball in the places that you catch the ball in practice and in game. So if your sets involve you catching the ball a ton in the corner, what are you doing practicing isolating at the top? You know, why are you working on your moves, you know, double cross between the legs, behind the back? If, if in the game, all you do is catch the ball in the corner, why don't you work on ripping baseline, ripping down the middle and making plays out of there? So wherever you catch the ball the most, and this is something that I always talk with my professionals, is, okay, let's look at where you get your catches. Is it on the block? Is it on the wing? How, do you, how are you getting your catches? Are you running from here or are you running from here? Are you getting your pass coming from this side or are you getting your pass coming from this side? Because it's important to work on those things so that way when you get into those into those um, actions in a real game, you've prepared for it. So now you're confident. Hey, I, I worked on catching the ball from right elbow, ripping right or jabbing right a million times. Guess what's going to happen in the game? I'm going to catch the elbow or I'm going to catch the ball at the right elbow and I'm going to do exactly that. Right, right. Okay. I'm loving that. I'm loving all of that. Now, um, another thing is to stay in positive. You know, obviously, Clay Thompson started this uh, this season off a bit slow. Um, he obviously – Excuse me? 14%, I believe, he was shooting. Yes, he was. Um, he started off super slow. He told himself and he told the media that he knew he was going to have a breakout game. Um, positivity, confidence, I would put those two things in pretty much the same category because if you're confident, then you're positive. Um, or, you know, you're, you're, you're positive, you're confident in your skills, right? Typically. Um, right. Sometimes you have people who are horrible, yet they're still positive somehow, um, you know, <laughs> about their game. And they have this you know, crazy confidence that they don't necessarily deserve or earn. But, hey, more, you know, more power to you because good things happen to you when you are positive about certain things. You'll never be a good player if you're negative. So, you know, for Clay, it's the same idea. He's prepared for it his whole life. He's shown many, many instances of him being able to do these certain things that he was able to do last night. Um, you know, every single day, day in and day out, he's still working on his craft. He knows that the shots are going to fall. Um, and then again, with your decision-making. So is he taking good shots? Yes. If he was out there chucking some horrible shots and he's like, you know, I don't know if they're really going to fall, but he's out there, he's getting open shots, you know. Um, with the team that he has, he knows that he's going to be able to not be the focal point every single night because guys are worried about KD and Draymond and Steph and, you know, Iggy Dollar or Livingston or, um, you know, anyone else on that team that's playing well. And, of course, you know, he's one of the top guys, um, in fact, one of the top shooting guards, but you, there just aren't enough defenders to worry about all of them um, at once. And it's hard because of the floor spacing. So, you know, he knew he was coming. Um, he just had to stay, you know, trust the process, continue to go to practice early, you know, leave late, get his shots up, you know, that's it. He knew it was going to happen. Right, right, right. Now, what do you tell your students or anybody listening right now if they're in a slump in a game or in their season um, in life, what would you say to keep them positive? doesn't matter. Keep working. Just keep, keep shooting. Keep working on your game. It, it literally does not matter. Like, you could go win a state championship. It doesn't matter. Keep working. You could, you know, have a shooting slump. It doesn't matter. You just got to keep working. Like, at the end of the day, you're going to go through highs and lows. But if you can keep your, you know, if you can control the things that you can control, then you're good. Ooh. Drop the mic on that one, huh, buddy? That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, hey. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no secrets to it. Yeah, there's no secrets to success. It's all about the grind. You got to just get out there and work. That's it. You got to. You got to keep telling yourself there's somebody out there. If you're if you're sitting on the couch being lazy for an hour, you got to have that mindset saying, you know what? There's probably somebody out there right now working harder than me. They're not sitting on the couch. They're out there shooting. They're out there dribbling. If I'm so exhausted and I can't work out anymore, maybe I can just focus on the film aspect of it. Give me 20 or 30 minutes and watch some film breakdown. Man, you just got to know your big picture. Whatever your big picture is, you got to do a lot of little things to reach that big picture. So. 
Oh, yeah, I like that. I'm liking that, Ryan. Well, hey, look, man, Ryan, thank you for being on the show, man. Um, for all you listeners out there, uh, please listen, tune into us at iTunes, leave a, a rate or a review. Um, you could check out my man Ryan um, on YouTube. Um, you can check him out on IG. Where can they find you, Ryan? They can find me at R2Bball on Twitter, Instagram, or just Ryan Razuki on YouTube. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I appreciate you having me on the show, man. Brother, I always welcome you on the show. I can't wait to do another one. <laughs>